Welcome to Expounded Universe, Season 3, Episode 6. Woo her, I got you all in check. The book, Tales from the Moss Eisley Cantina. The year, 1995. Edited by Kevin J. Anderson. Your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go. The myth in the band looked like if the testicle had a butthole on it. Don't fucking try and explain a skater boy to me, okay? The young kids don't care for your jizz. They just want to hang around in their rooms and you're goth. Oh, ball sacks, he says. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Expounded Universe, the Expanded Universe Star Wars discussion podcast, where your hosts, Jeff and John, I'm John and over there is Jeff, we go through the books of the Expanded Universe, and we bring all of these chapter by chapter to you, explained and expounded upon. I know you're doing a really good job with these intros, but I think people miss the authentic touch of my intro recording, uh, which I've, I've passed over to you because cause I've set the, cause you've set the recording equipment up at your house while I'm raising a baby. Yeah, well, you're raising a baby, and I've got, I don't know, some sort of muck demon living inside my chest. <laughs> yeah, you pretty much have been infested by daytime CGI creatures, I think. Daytime CGI cartoon commercial creatures. Oh, yeah, I've got like, a, a weird green blob that yeah. sounds like he should be on the Honeymooners, and he lives in my chest. Yeah, that histamine bee that turns out is actually voiced by Antonio Banderas. Yeah, man. They're all in there. They're having a party. Everyone's inside me, and I just keep trying to cough them out, and it yeah. never works. You keep trying to cough them out, but the general set up a picket line. <laughs> he sandbagged them all in there. The general. Now you're giving me insurance guys to stop my infection from yeah, spreading. Yeah, and the whole thing's being catered by that little penguin from the kids' frozen TV dinners commercials. Oh, dude, I haven't had one of those in forever, but I do want one. <laughs> no, you don't. They're fucking gross. Yeah, well, I don't care. Fuck you. <laughs> I eat shit food all the time, but those are nasty. Here's three chicken nuggets that have brownie on them. Yay. And some desiccated corn niblets. Well, I mean, obviously you don't eat the corn niblets. You never eat corn niblets. That's garbage food. Let's get food. you some of these wet fries. Mmm, baby. I want some of that where, like, my chicken nuggets are slightly too cold, but the little apple slices are way too boiling hot. Uh-huh. And they've kind of hardened around the edges and basically turned themselves into a McDonald's apple pie. Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. Yeah, I want one of them kids' meals with a weird fucking Arctic animal on it. <laughs> Not me. I want a Lunchable. I want a first-generation Lunchable. One of them first-gen Lunchables? Yeah, you remember with the first-generation Lunchable, right? It was like discs of meat, cheese, and or dis- discs of meat, squares of cheese, crackers, done. Nothing else. There wasn't like build your own pizza or, or oh no, it no didn't come taco. with like little fucking M and M's dessert. Yeah, or a squeeze packet of soft taco meat. Ew. <laughs> yeah. Hard pass, right? No. Nah. But they were gross back in the old days as well. I'd be like, this has one little pile of ham and one little pile of salami. Both of them taste like bologna. Yeah. No, back in the day, it was just garbage. Yeah, it was just ass. Hey, did you know we read a book? <laughs> did we? Well, we read a chapter of a book. <laughs> did, did we really? Did we? <laughs> I don't think that's true, John. Hold on. Wait a minute. Did either <laughs> of us do any preparation for this? John, this, is, this isn't even Expounded Universe. This is... I remember things, the podcast. Oh, good. It's the only podcast that we can do. <laughs> hey, John, do you remember Dizzy Dizzy Dinosaur? I do. Hey, do you remember Elephant the Elephant? <laughs> we both did board game type things. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so, yeah, we read chapter six or something of the uh, 
Tales from the Mos Eisley Cantina uh, book, edited by Kevin J. Anderson, our, our current target for, uh, for the show. And that is The Bartender's Tale. And I forget what the actual subtitle of it was. The something of who gives a shit. <laughs> the tale of the, the two-bit drink slinger. Yeah, so we, uh, we, we're diving into Woo Her, the bartender. I'm letting it slide you, this time. You may remember from the movie as the guy who was behind the bar. That is correct. And from the book as the ugliest person in the world. I don't understand why this is. I mean... Did you look at a picture of him recently? Because this is the first chapter we've seen that didn't include a picture. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, so I'm not sure what I that's about. I did not about. go and look up a new, another picture of Woo Her. Woo Her is kind of asymmetrical. He looks like an ugly old British man. Like he's got you know bags under his eyes. His his he's got a scar on his face and, and that cut, cuts through his lip. Uh, he is kind of a like an old ugly dude, but he looks exactly like he belongs where he is. Like oh he, yeah, he looks like the sort of dude that works at a shitty bar, and you walk in there and you looking to lay out your troubles to a bartender, but you're not going to go to this guy because you can't tell if his eyes are looking at you or not. And he's definitely cleaning a dirty glass with an even dirtier rag. I mean, he, from what I can remember of what he looks like, he definitely seems like the type of person that should be the bouncer instead of the bartender. He's, like, that's true, yeah. He's kind of he's kind of large and lumpen. Yeah, he's just like, Oi, mate, you yeah. should get out of here. Also, he's, I don't know where I'm from right now. He's I'm wearing... from a country. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's from Bendigo. <laughs> Bendigo. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. No, uh, he he uh, he's wearing that outfit that meant Tatooine up until merchandising got a hold of it and told us it means Jedi. You know what I mean? Like light yeah, brown robes. robes belted in the middle. Like what Ben Kenobi was wearing when he was pretending he wasn't a Jedi for 20 years that then turned out to be a Jedi outfit. Yeah, he was wearing for 20 years his Jedi uniform uh -huh. and everyone was like, Huh, wonder what's up with that guy. Yeah, he dresses like everyone else here, as a Jedi Knight of that famed and forgotten order of, of uh, space wizards. Well, I think I think maybe Jedi fashion just really took off on Tatooine. <laughs> just stuck there. Maybe they don't even know that Jedi are gone on Tatooine. They're just so far behind the times. Oh, yeah. They're, they're basically like the Ohio of the Star Wars universe. They're several years behind. I can tell you, Jedi fashion is super in in Columbus right now, too. Oh, yeah. So, uh... So, Wooher is the first person we're going to be discussing today that has actual spoken, or the first person we're discussing in this book, other than Greedo, who has actual spoken lines. Well, yeah, most people in the cantina are just background figures. Yeah, they're just alien costumes, just sort of moving around in the background and occasionally squeaking or something. But Wooher famously has a couple of lines. He says, uh, we don't serve their kind here. And then, your droids, they'll have to wait outside. And no blasters, no blasters, apparently, though I've never heard it. I know, that's the thing, every chapter is mentioned so far that Woo Her yells no blasters during the Ponda Baba Evazon fight, but it's not something you remember when you watch Star Wars, because there's a lot of shit going on. There's a lightsaber blasting, like the tearing of silk. Yeah, well, there's also, you know, a fucking dude screaming because a guy just got chopped his arm off. Yeah. <laughs> Also, if you watch the background of the shot, you can see Muftak deciding whether or not he wishes to return to meet the Tall's people. Moma Nadon back there worrying about the dastardly Lieutenant Alima. Uh, you've got the band looking on, although we don't know anything about the band because their story ends before we get here. Hey, well, I mean, we know all about the band. We just don't know what they think right yeah, now. They don't seem to care all that much, although I do believe they stopped playing music in that scene. Yeah. Yeah. And then they, they pick it right back up. Yeah, they play a different song. They switch to that doot-da-doot. -doot. 
song. The other one. Yeah, the Doodly Doots song. The other song. Thank you, Jeff. That's called the Doodly Doots. Yeah, they got they got that Dumdy Dums and the Doodly Doots. Let me tell you, Doodly Doots is way better than any of the names of music that they actually play that we've read in this book so far. The sequential passage of chronological events. Also, Dumdy Dum and the Doodly Doots is definitely a band in Star Wars. Dumdy Dum and the Doodly Doots is definitely a band at your local like concert hall center. And if there isn't, then it should be. Start a band, people. Someone out there, if you've got a band, change your name right now to Dumdy Dum and the Doodly Doots. <laughs> and I guarantee you success. <laughs> also become a punk cover band. Become the primary challenger to me first in the Gimme Gimmies. Yeah, cover punk songs, but do them like real slow and soulful. <laughs> That's right. You're going to cover punk songs as if they were top 40 hits that you, that you remember. Yep. There you go. <laughs> it's going to be a bunch of Titanic songs about how my girl understands me or doesn't understand me. Depending or doesn't. On, either yeah. way, <laughs> my girl is either so punk and understands me or my girl isn't punk enough and doesn't understand me. <laughs> Those are the only sources for punk music. Yep. Also, there's go away, policeman. Hey, police guy, I'm not into this. <laughs> a- a- that famous punk song goes. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty famous one. And then there's also ones about admonishing you to beat on bats with a baseball bat. Beat on bats? Yes, I'm so tired, Sean. I didn't sleep at all last night. <laughs> oh, that's weird, because I've slept for about the past two days straight. Oh my god, I hate you. I, I Man, this sickness kicked my ass in a way that... A disease has not for a long time. Oh, but it let you sleep, John. I got to admit, I'd be pretty down with that sickness. <laughs> <laughs> I still have jokes, though. Yeah. Yeah, so. no, I, I straight up just like passed out uh, two days ago and then woke up like this morning was like, hey, Jeff, I'm okay now. <laughs> I know. I've, I've, I've hibernated. I've been riding you like like trying to ride a horse with a riding crop because uh, I'm angry that like this, this shit isn't happening. But he's just been like, oh, I'm sleepy because I'm sick. Yeah, if you look in my room, there is a disgusting pile of Kleenex and nonsense in the corner because I couldn't get out of bed. I believe you. I just, when I have the two hours to put together to do a thing, I vibrate like a hummingbird until a thing is done. <laughs> ah. All right, so here we go. Um, Wu Her, as you might imagine, because he has two lines in the movie, his entire character is entirely derived from one of those lines. You see, Wu Her isn't just quoting... You see, Wu Her hates blasters. <laughs> That's why he's always saying no blasters. <laughs> Wooter. Wooter. Wooter? Wait, what is this? Captain EO? <laughs> yes, John. Wooter. No, Wooter hates droids. It's not just company policy. He fucking hates droids. He actually just hates them. That's the thing. Now, I always wondered about that. As I didn't. It always made perfect fucking sense to me. It never made sense to me because of all of the things you could hate, droids is like, Why? He Who gives a shit? He doesn't hate droids is the thing. It only, it, doesn't, it only doesn't make sense if it's because he hates droids. If he doesn't hate droids and he's just saying the company policy, it makes perfect fucking sense. Oh, yeah. Because droids don't drink alcohol. But, like, at the beginning of uh, this book, we had several points where, like, uh, they kept talking about Woo Her. Mm-hmm. Like, the band talked about Woo Her and a couple other people. And they mentioned, like, oh, yeah, this guy fucking hates droids. Yeah. And I go... Okay, but why? Like, I understand saying, hey, no droids in here. They're just going to take up room and not drink anything. Sure, that makes 100% perfect sense. The last thing you want in a room full of surly aliens with death sentences and 12 systems is a sober translator to be standing there. 
<laughs> like, oh, that fellow over there just called your mother a, to- a-, a total whore. What are you going to do about it? I wonder. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's it. C-3PO, had he been allowed in the bar, would have just wandered it starting shit. That's, that's why you got to keep droids out of bars. Also, R2, people are going to trip over him. You know, you're a little stumble drunk in the first place. You're not going to see a waist-high droid rolling around beeping. <laughs> that guy just beepity booping me. I'm going to fuck him up. Oh, oh, I'm going to tip that guy. <laughs> I'm going to take R2-D2 and lean him against someone's front door. <laughs> oh, no, he tased me. <laughs> so that, it makes perfect sense that droids can't be allowed in a bar because they just waste space. And they don't buy drinks and they are too sober for the room. Oh, yeah, Master Luke, your blood alcohol level is point oh seven. We should get out of here. Mm. Mm. <laughs> just oh, you fucking droid! You just cost me another drink. <laughs> mm, indeed, I did. You're quite an unattractive human. That's what that human over there said. Yes, uh, ah. <laughs> I'm fluent in over six million forms of sass. <laughs> uh, but no, he actually like doesn't like droids not just professionally but he doesn't like them personally so the chapter starts by explaining that to us and the reason that we're dillying as much as we are dallying today is because this chapter is like four pages long and has the most boring story structure i've ever come across i mean it is technically like 15 pages but seriously the story really does boil down to we could tell you what happens in like three sentences and be done here we go let's do it a man hates droids then he finds a droid that is perfect to the, for the thing that he might need but he hates that droid because he hates droids he goes back to the place where he works and realizes he has a problem that could be solved by the perfect droid he thinks hmm even though i hate droids i did recently meet that perfect droid i'll go find him and then he does and then they are all very happy the end man that's even way longer than i would have done <laughs> i'd have been like there's a man who hates droids he meets a droid and he says goodbye, and then he needs that droid, and he is like, now we are friends. <laughs> There's a few things that happen as well, but for the most part, this is so simplistic. It's just, it, it feels like a children's story. Like, it, it feels like a fable. The pokey little bartender. <laughs> the droid who pulled a thorn from the the gross old bartender's paw. Ow! This thorn. <laughs> I'm actually quite soft when you get to know me. <laughs> I'm not, though. (laughs) It's all calluses all the way down. (laughs) I got a big old calloused butt. My bunions have corns. (laughs) My corns have bunions. (laughs) You got your corn in my bunions. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so basically we opened on Wooher stomping through Moz Eisley. It's just after the double noon, and he is late for his shift at the bar. He's thinking to himself, God, I hate droids. (laughs) Because no one likes me, but there's one thing I can like, uh, dislike with impunity, even though I'm unpopular, and that's droids. They're even lower down the food chain. Yeah, I mean, there is something to be said for uh, this is the only thing that is, like, on a social status, acceptable for me to be a dick to. Mm-hmm. And everyone is a dick to me, so I'll be a dick to them. The problem I have with that is, Wooher is a human and humans are pretty much universally not the ones who are put down upon. Not in this chapter. In this chapter, humans are pretty much the dumping ground. Oh, yeah. Like, you would think that Tatooine was mostly aliens, and then the few humans that exist are, like, the second-class citizens. But instead, he's all like, oh, all these trash aliens at my trash bar make fun of me. Oh, nobody likes old Wooher. Well, the only kind of... They won't let me make fun of them colored aliens no more, so I gotta I gotta stick to the Polish jokes of space, and that, of course, is droids. Yeah, that's why I hate these Irish droids. 
an Irish droid is always pregnant, they say. They say. I don't know why. Doesn't make any sense. They're not. It's, it's a complete non sequitur, but, you know, they say it. It is a saying. So, uh, I'm going to go have me some droid whiskey. Mmm, delicious droid whiskey. Let me droid up that coffee for you. <laughs> Just th- throw a handful of bolts and shit in there. Plunk. <laughs> Huh. All right. Oily you, made my, you made my coffee taste all greasy. <laughs> yep. That'll do it. Kind of smells like an old lawnmower now. Mm-hmm. Droid it up for you good. Yep. That is your droided coffee. <laughs> That'll be five ninety nine. <laughs> oh wait, there's spit on that glass. Six forty nine. <laughs> but okay, so he is stomping around Moz Eisley. Grumpling, grumpling to himself about how he dislikes droids because he's at the bottom of the heap if it weren't for droids. And then, out of a darkened alley, a whip-like extensor reaches out and grabs him about the ankle. Yeah, and he doesn't, like, immediately go, oh shit, a droid, which is weird to me. Because well, it's like a cable comes out and grabs him around the leg and he's like, what? Well, who's stopping old Wooher down this hallway? I have to kill you to save the future. <laughs> What? Oh, it's a cable. Ah, uh, <laughs> I get it. It's this cable. I have techno-organic virus in one glowing eye. <laughs> I get it now. I get it. It's like the Marvel comics man. Yes, it is like the other person who was named Cable. Yes. Good. <laughs> Except I'm sure there's probably at least three guys named Cable in various Michael Bay movies. Who knows? Like, probably, right? I mean, maybe. Muscle up beefcakes just sort of slapping each other. and Yeah, that's, that's Cable's partner, muscle up beefcakes. <laughs> I would not put that past Rob Liefeld. <laughs> yeah, Cable needs to partner up with muscle up beefcakes, and they've got to take on the blood explosion. What power do you have, muscle up beefcakes? And he just flexes. Oh, okay, I get it. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> flexes his eyes, invisible. <laughs> Forehead muscles closing over eyes. <laughs> Yeah, he's got super senses that allow him to see through his own muscles. <laughs> oh, man, Muscle Up Beefcakes is a great new character. I like that, John. There Thank you. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, Muscled Up Beefcakes and Cable <laughs> get together, and they've got to go find Blood Explosion, and they're at Dumpty Dum the Toodly Doots. <laughs> Dumpty Dum the Toodly Doots. I don't know what that is. It certainly isn't Dumpty Dum and the Dooty Doots. Of course not. It's his evil brother from another dimension. <laughs> It's just another alternate universe cable. There's so many. Oh, God. I'm so sick. Help me. <laughs> this is going to be a very tough episode it's, to listen to. Yeah. Like, at least before, I was fine and you were tired. But now I'm fucked up and you're fucked up and everything's <laughs> fucked up. That's fine. It's fine. Everything's going to be fine. Folks will just wait it out. Don't worry, folks. The next ep- episode is going to be about a way bigger chapter that has way more shit going on. Anyway, Wooher reaches for his angry bonkin' club. Yeah, he travels the streets of Moss Eisley with what I assume is basically just a nightstick. He's got like a truncheon. Yeah, uh, you know, he's got a, a shillelagh. He's got a belaying pin. Oh, good. <laughs> he's sack. got a rolling pin. <laughs> That's what it is. And he consistently chases Andy Cap out of his bar with it. Oh, yeah, definitely. By the way, in the Star Wars universe, Andy Cap is a droid. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> it's a ND-C4P. Yeah. Yeah, it happened. We got to droid Andy Cap. We can finally shut the show down. We did it. That was our only stated goal, was to eventually get to the point where we found the name of Andy Cap as a droid. Let me droid up them hot fries for you. <laughs> you ever had Andy Cap's hot fries? 
I have not. I do not want hot fries. I do. Okay. It's basically like, it's like hot Cheetos. It's like potato chips that have been cut into fry shapes for some reason and then hotted up. Anyhow, moving forward, Wooher reaches for his club, but he doesn't actually pull it because at this point, our new droid friend starts talking. And he is, if you thought C-3PO was simpering, this guy is, is way worse. He's like a Vorta because I still have that Deep Space Nine kick happening at, at home. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So you're, you're still doing that. I am because there's things you got to do at three in the morning. And the, basically, the baby exists in three states. Asleep, so she's great at night. Awake, but fine, in which case I can put her on my belly and play Warframe. Uh. Or too gr- grumped up for that. And, and that's when I'm finally get, d- watching DS9. Uh. Mostly because I'm out of everything on Netflix that's narrated by David Attenborough. Uh. I have gone through literally every word that man has said that has been captured by the Netflix Corporation. Well, that's amazing. I know. I've watched like 400 episodes of that amiable British gentleman explaining how naked mole rats work. I mean, there really should be a program just called Amiable British Gentleman. <laughs> the fact that there isn't is infuriating to me. Right? Uh-huh. So anyway, this, this droid is ultra-simpering. Oh, yeah. This droid is like, oh, you are a wise and kind, sir. I know that you would help me. Oh, oh, great master. Oh, oh, please, favor upon me with a tender smile and perhaps a kiss upon the forehead. Your ministrations are, are, are mana from heaven to this unhumble one. Oh, my God. So he's, he's doing, like, old-school romantic poetry. Uh-huh. He's, uh, he's definitely like an old-style knight that's like, oh, I love pure and chaste from afar. Oh, oh, Madam Wooher, if you could but favor me with a lock of your greasy hair, that I might carry it into combat and, and think of thee fondly. Yeah. He's like, oh, I once have touched the clothing that touched you. That's all I need. Now I may gird my loins so I may battle the Saxons. Potion maker. <laughs> no, no potion maker. <laughs> I... Going into battle. Need your strongest patience. I'd, nope, no potion maker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that shit fucks me up every time. <laughs> it's For me, it's the uh, Melodica Jurassic Park thing. That's, the, that's my YouTube kryptonite where I can't not watch it. If it gets in my head, I have to run to my room and turn it on. Oh, yeah. They do move in herds. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me want to cover a Jurassic Park movie just so we can use that as the opener. <laughs> so, okay. Anyway, the, the droid in question who has reached out and grabbed a hold of him turns out to be one C2R4, which I guess they just give out droid names at random because that's, that makes him sound like just some astromech or something. But this isn't an astromech droid. I mean, part of him is. Yeah, he is... A weird Frankenstein's monster of droid bits. He's got some astromech. He's got some protocol droid. He's got like some probe droid. Maybe some of those torture ball droid. Yeah, he's got like a, apparently just a ton of weird little appendage things dangling off him. Yeah, so they describe him as being basically cylindrical, rolling around on treads, which makes him kind of an R2-D2. Like an R2 base. But with like the, the head of a, of a protocol unit halfway sticking up out the top of him. Like like he's a hot dog with a and the the hot dog meat in the middle is a is a protocol droid, but that's not where his face is because he's described as having right up in his midsection a big cavernous clawed mouth with like grinder teeth. Yeah, he's got like a grinder unit inside of him. Yeah, he kind of looks like the the smash the smashing unit that destroys all the cars in the Brave Little Toaster. Ah. Uh, <laughs> with that awesome song that you should listen to. Yeah, of course. Um, anyway, 
but he's also he's got two whippy extensor claw things, and then also he's got like six more appendages with all kinds of little tools and armatures and shit all over them. Yeah, I don't know what who the fuck made this. But whoever did, I got to feel like, man, they're real sad that he got kidnapped by Jawas. Whoever made this made a bunch more of them before him because his name is C2R4, not C1R1. <laughs> so, But then again, that's just because they've never followed any kind of naming convention for droids in Star Wars other than put some letters and some numbers next to each other and try and do it in a way that the first half spells a name. Well, I mean, maybe, just maybe... Uh, the protocol droid he used had a C2 in it, and the astromech had an R4, and he was just like, good enough. That's eh, fine, whatever. We'll smash them together. Wooher, briefly curious enough to not just hate the droid, is like, what the hell are you all about? And he's like, oh, sir, I was created for any number of amazing chemical applications. I, can, I, I have an unbelievable sense of taste effectively, and basically I'm a bartender droid. I'm I'm amazing. I could process any sort of chemicals you want and, and make liquids for you. You know, liquids that might be pleasing for people to drink. Alcohols. For, so, for example, if someone were to work in a tavern, for example, or perhaps a, uh, a speakeasy, I would be able to be uh, their best friend in some way. And he's like, well, I work in a bar. Oh, no, not that. Oh, oh goodness, no. <laughs> Certainly no. Tavern is speakeasy. Those are the two. Also, not a cantina. Oh, not, not a cantina either, no. Uh, but, uh, but basically, he's like, I'm the perfect droid that you definitely need. And he's like, but I hate droids. Wait I, a minute. I hate droids. I hate droids to broids, he says to himself, and then he kicks the droid and stomps off angrily. Yeah, and the droid's like... Oh, well, if you change your mind, I'll just be here until nightfall. Goodbye. I'm just here from five until nine, handing out the hot dickings. <laughs> yep, that's it. That's my job as a droid. <laughs> handing out hot dickings. I mean, it is Tatooine. You have to assume they're going to be hot dickings. Every dicking is a hot dicking on Tatooine. Yeah. There's the t-shirt. <laughs> well, <laughs> so there it is. So Wooher angrily stomps the rest of the way to his bar, uh, which he does not own. It's owned by a Wookiee named Chalman. But, oh, Chalman. Uh, but uh, there he is, stomping back to his bar, where he briefly tends bar for Greedo. Yeah, he comes back, and uh, actually, before that, he has to go downstairs. Oh, does that happen first? Okay. So he goes downstairs, and, and uh, in the bottom of the bar, it turns out he has a secret laboratory where he's cooking up creepy crawlies. John, remember creepy crawlies? Yeah, but they were creepy crawlers. Oh, they're creepy not crawlers. crawlies. Oh, now I feel fucking you shitty. Fuck <laughs> you, piece of garbage. <laughs> oh, sir, please forgive me. Yeah, the I was I, made to process chemicals, not remember toys from the eighties that were basically modified easy bake ovens. Uh, I contain an easy bake oven, sir. <laughs> I contain within me multitudes. Would you Would you like me to make you a tiny cupcake with a sixty watt bulb, or perhaps shrink a dink for you, sir? Ah, uh, yes, shrink my dink. Very expensive, Douglas. <laughs> Nothing shrinks my dink like that. <laughs> All right. Uh, but in, like, the basement of this cantina, he has an entire mad scientist lab set uh-huh. up. So it turns out that Wooher, because you can't live on Tatooine and not be doing something for Jabba the Hutt, is attempting to, br- to make a perfect brew for the palate of one Jabba Tea Hut. And... Apparently, Wooher is like God's own amazing sommelier. He is... Yeah, his big ugly nose is perfect. Yeah, he's got a huge nose, but it lets him smell all of the great tastes and scents. And his palate is so refined that he can tell everything that's going on. So his big character thing is, 
oh, he looks ugly, but he's got the most amazing sense of taste and smell, and he's the best bartender ever. Which you would not assume from a guy who works at a bar like that, and his whole role is like, you want beer? Here's beer. Yeah. So, after a while, he is basically attempting to make himself some... Uh, for lack of a better term, let's go ahead and call it Jabba Juice. Yeah, he's trying to open up a Jabba Juice uh, on your local corner and uh, give all of these people, I don't know, like a surf rider or... For some uh, reason, he really keeps pushing pretzels on them. I don't know why. He's got a lot of boosts he can put in there. He's really <laughs> That's probably big the, on protein. That's probably the problem, because he, he tries to make himself some Jabba Juice, and it doesn't taste right. It's not gross enough, and the problem is that he forgot to put bee pollen in there. Oh, yeah. If he had just put a little bit of bee pollen and maybe some vitamin E. Yeah, some spirulina powder, that might have fixed it up. You know, I figure the only thing that could gross up a drink bad enough for Jabba is to add a shot of wheatgrass juice. Oh, definitely. Yeah. For sure. Uh-huh. So... <laughs> Jamba Juice. These have been some Jamba Juice jokes. <laughs> so, Jabba the Hut. <laughs> so, Jamba the Hut. Jambi the Hut. <laughs> Mecca Lecca High, Mecca Heine. Ho, 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 yeah, That was close. That was good enough. <laughs> I'll give it to you. I saved myself at the last syllable. Yeah. I, so, <laughs> now, now there's some people who are like, the fuck is Jambi? What's this Mecca Lecca High shit? We've, we've gone off the reservation, folks. We're too fucked up to care. What's a shrinky dink? <laughs> I was born in 1996. Oh, good. Well, fuck you, buddy. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, um, basically, he knows that to, in order to please Jabba properly, he makes to, he needs to make a drink so foul and disgusting that it's basically poisonous to humans. But what he's doing is he's done extensive research on, like, okay, what are the things Jabba likes? What does he eat? What does he drink? What are his favorite items? What are the smells and flavors that Jabba prefers? Yeah. And I'm going to combine all of that into one drink like some kind of weird idiot because god knows my favorite thing in the world is definitely going to be a drink that tastes like i don't know pizza and chocolate <laughs> well maybe it works with huts maybe i mean really think about it what would it be it would probably taste like little frogs from a frog water yeah, pond little frogs a human women that you definitely can't fuck no matter how much you lick your giant tongue at them <laughs> yeah it tastes like frogs and women and, and carbonite- sexual frustration. Yeah. Kawaki and lizard monkey in there a little bit. And then definitely like random torture droids for no reason. Does he eat the torture droids? No, but he likes them. He likes knowing that they're in his palace. He likes it. He, he Just a little bit of a smell of tortured droid. Do you think he's ever eaten any of chunks of that carbonite that Han's frozen in? I mean... Let's just like have someone chip a little bit of it off of there. Just a, just a little sliver of it. Ho, ho, ho. It's like dark chocolate. You just melt it on your tongue. Ho, huh? ho, ho, ho. Ew, dark chocolate's nasty. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here, Jabba, and your nasty flavors. So, uh... Anyway, he basically has made a drink that's toxic to him, but he keeps tasting it anyway because it's the only way he can be sure. Yeah, so he just puts like a drop on his tongue, which then like burns and murders his tongue. But he's like, well, such is life. It's not quite gross enough. And then he heads back upstairs to do some bartending. He, he mentions that he has a little bartender's assistant whose name escapes me at the moment. Yeah, uh, he's a little, it's it's like, a little multi-armed dude. Yeah, a little multi-armed alien of some kind. Uh, and... Uh, and then, finally, he gets around to serving some drinks to Greedo, and this is a really weird scene. Oh, yeah, because up until this point, he's been talking like, oh, I served the Tonica sisters, and I served some fucking weird dude. I served Himenthi the Night Lily and and uh, the, the Dream Snatcher. And, and, uh, Ooh, Dream <laughs> Snatcher. 
<laughs> I believe I can get you some kind of drink. I also serve the reanimator and liquidator Brunt and a variety of other Jeffrey Combs characters. <laughs> but uh, when Greedo shows up, I don't think anyone in this book had read or was was told about the way that Greedo was written in Greedo's chapter. No, because we we very rarely see anyone talk about Greedo other than to mention that he goes over to Jabba or to uh to Han's, Han and dies. To Han and dies. Uh, but and the Greedo chapter doesn't appear to have been written in contact with any of the others. Like you notice that the Muftak and Momon Adon chapters were very clearly written by two art, uh, authors who were like friends and knew what each other were going to oh, write. Oh yeah, they were like, "Look, I'm going to write this. I'm going to put your character in my thing. They're going to talk about this." And then we can have a little bit of a like throughway between our two stories. Whereas Greedo is a different character every time he is given any sort of personification in this. Mm-hmm. Which hasn't been much, to be fair. But basically, in this chapter, Greedo is a pompous, like, loudmouth who hates humans. Yeah, he's a just a very pompous human hater who thinks that humans couldn't possibly make a good drink. And he only wants, like, bottled water, and he's got the money for it, and he'll know if it's not actual pure water, and fuck you, human. Yeah, it's really weird to read this bit of this chapter after having read the Greedo chapter, where we basically learn that Greedo is, like, a floor, a, a space Floridian. He's like, oh, a, yeah. he's, like, from space Gainesville. He's like a dirtbag. Yeah, and he's just sitting there drinking... Like, Deveronian sunsets. And the and- only reason he drinks those is because uh, Warhog Goa drank them. Yeah. He's like, oh, sure, let me also get a sex on the beach. That sounds like a great thing for me to have. I'm, da- I'm drinking with this dude who I idolize is drinking, and that's it. And I don't even really like him, but Warhog Goa drinks him. That's like his drink. And also, he's quiet about it because he's, he's probably afraid of the bartender. Yeah, he's been having a ton of these drinks. But no, when it comes to this chapter, apparently Woo Her and I guess humans in general are thought of to be terrible bartenders because they don't care about aliens? I think it's because they don't have cool proboscis. So well, the he- whole thing was like, oh, different aliens have different genetic makeup such that, you know, what one person would drink would be like acid to another person. And, you know, you could kill someone if you gave them a beer that was for a different race. Oh, yeah. A, a beer that would be fit for a Deveronian would cause a Jawa to shrivel up like a raisin, says the chapter. Yeah, so, you know... It says all of this, but then it's like, and humans are terrible because they don't care. Or because, I guess the idea is that they don't know enough about alien races, that they're not cosmopolitan enough to properly recognize the differences. Anyway, he, he's extraordinarily pompous here. So Greedo comes waltzing up to the bar, and he's like, water, water, only the finest bottled pure stuff. And indeed, I have the credits to prove that I, my, my worth is a buyer. Hmm? And not from you, human. Bring forth an alien to serve it for me, because I do not tw- wish to drink from the hands of a filthy man-animal. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where they... Like, even if you were trying to go off just the movie's version of Greedo, I don't understand how you would get to this. No, because Greedo, in the, even in the one little appearance he has in the movie, is sort of just like business-like. Yeah, he's just like, hey man, I'm, I'm here to fuck your shit up for Jabba. Yeah, hey, come with me, huh buddy? Let's, he's just like a PI, or like a, a bounty hunter, which is what he actually is. Yeah, but in this, it's like, I'm a huge raging dickbag. <laughs> he's like the worst customer. Yeah. In, 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 anywhere you go. He is the worst customer. He's the guy standing in front of you in line at Starbucks raging about how the beans aren't Arabica, they're Sumatra. Oh, yeah. He's definitely got a lot of opinions about what an Americana actually is. I said soy calf, half calf. 
Also, my name is spelled with three Fs. <laughs> yeah, my name is... <laughs> That's my name. It's just three Fs. It's just three Fs. Write it down. <laughs> and bring forth your manager so I may have him write it down. I want everyone to write it down. Get the blackboard. <laughs> 500 times, you will each write my name. <laughs> and then I wish to discuss race with one of you, as per that stupid promotion you did a few years ago that everyone has thankfully forgotten about. <laughs> Remember that when they did the, the start a conversation thing with Starbucks was like, please discuss racial issues with our baristas. Why? It's <laughs> amazing. We definitely won't. This definitely won't lead to being dredged back up as a story after we randomly arrest black guys for being here. Yep. <laughs> Ah, oh, good lord. So, anyway, he, he basically gives Ro- a, a Rody a boy his water. He gives Greedo a water, and it's not enough for Greedo. He's like, I'm going to speak to your manager and ensure that you are fired for being a human. Yeah, I mean, he's like, look, man, I've got my bartender's license. It's in my fucking manager's office if you want to go see it. I am an actual dude that is licensed and capable of serving aliens. And he's like, well, fuck you, buddy. I'm going to go get you fired. That's my, that's my definite plan. And the only reason he needs to be an asshole in this scene is because we're pretty soon here going to get to the actual, you know, scene where Greedo gets killed. Yeah, and Wooher spends the time in between that being like, oh, that Rodian, how I wish he would die. But something about him smells intoxicating, and I can't put my finger on why. I absolutely love that when the Rodian comes in close and, like, does a bug eyes into your eyes, like, I'm being intimidating thing, he's like... Oh, man, the pheromones coming off this guy are crazy. <laughs> I, I can see myself getting into him. Damn, this guy's just blasting pheromones at me. Is he is he coming on to me? Is, that <laughs> is this like the Rodian version of pulling my pigtails? What's going on here? What is this? Did he buy these pheromones? Is this one of those things that he got out of the back of a magazine? Oh, yeah, this is definitely like the back of, I don't know, uh, Rodian Maxim is like, yeah, get these real pheromones. Yeah, it'll melt the pants off any bartender you wish to get them down with. Oh, shit, my pants! <laughs> so, Oh, by the way, the little dude's name is Knacker. Knacker. Yeah, just a, or, or Knackhar. Knackhar. Yeah, anyway, he's a little multi-armed alien, which if you think about it, every alien we've talked about so far is a multi-armed alien. It's true. Yeah. We haven't really talked about a single-armed alien. Yeah, you really, you got to be more specific. I know later in the book we're going to talk about a no-armed alien, but so far every alien has had at least two arms. Yes. Multi-armed. Get out of here with that. All right, so uh, the Dr. Evazon Ponda Baba thing is about to happen, but first we actually get a rare new line from Dr. Evazon. Because while, while Greedo is pompously rattling on about water, Evazon pipes up and he's like, hey, calm down, Greenie. This guy actually makes tasty drinks, and Look, I should know. Yeah, I'm wanted on 12 systems, and in all the systems I've been in where I am wanted, I've had drinks, and this guy makes a good one. That's me, Dr. Evazon, wanted on 12 systems. Good day, sir. <laughs> it was amazing that he had to fit that in there again. I mean, I actually do kind of like the characterization of Dr. Evazon as a guy who always says that. Oh, yeah, it is 100% that guy who only has one thing to his yeah. name and will not shut up about it's it. It's the dude who always has to work in that he matriculated at Cornell. Oh, yeah. No, it's, hey, I had one thing. I've got a story, and I will tell you that story at the drop of a hat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hi there. I'm, uh, I'm some asshole, but I met Derek Jeter once. Yeah, uh, me and uh, Derek Jeter, we shared a booth at a Denny's once. It was only for like five seconds because he had to sit down real quick. And also but, he uh, told me to get out. But uh, it was pretty cool. It was we pretty had, cool. It was pretty cool. We had a connection. <laughs> Later on, I went back, got one of the napkins he used. Not signed or anything. 
Definitely got some leftover beef to, beef in there. Oh yeah, I've definitely got some Derek Jeter's beef in a napkin. God damn it, Derek. I could not do that with a straight face. Derek Jeter's beef in a napkin. Derek Jeter's beef in a napkin coming to you through our very own product X. Derek Jeter's beef in a napkin available in your fine frozen food section. Just look for the CGI penguin on the label. That's it. We've we've decided we're selling chicken nuggets and fish sticks and Derek Jeter's beef in a napkin. What the fuck, John? I don't know, man. Uh, uh, shit's so, all fucked. All right, so the so yeah, Evazon gets his one lo- new line, which is just, "Hi, Doctor Evazon. Wanted on twelve systems. This guy makes okay drinks. Wanted on twelve systems. Doctor Evazon. See you later. Goodbye. <laughs> you got anything you want to add, Ponda Baba? <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, there you go. Twelve systems." And and then the uh, lightsaber fight breaks out, and Wooher yells, "No blasters! No blasters! No blasters! Indeed, indeed!" And there and no blasters were there to be had. And then uh, some jo- some Jawas come in and claim the uh, the body rights over the chunks of Doctor of uh, Ponda Baba on the ground. No, no, no! They come in once Greedo dies because they want Greedo's body. Well, I thought they did both, and that was the establishing shot that tells us what happens here. But okay, let's skip ahead to that. So basically. Greedo gets into a fight with Han Solo. Duh, because that's what happens in the movie. And fucking Wooher is ecstatic. He's like, good, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. But even though I couldn't kill him, I'm glad he is dead. Yeah, because he's the kind of vindictive asshole that would do that. But he's like, but that guy stink, though. That, that smell he was putting off. I really want some more of that. I don't know why. There was something special about his unique musky stankness. Oh, yeah. And I mean, you know, I haven't just spent the last couple of pages before this talking about how my weird Jabba juice needs some extra stank to it. This whole chapter is just Chekhov's guns, isn't it? This this is so efficient. Leave nothing on the table. Oh, yeah. Every time anyone talks about anything, it is because it relates to something else. So anyway, he goes, Knacker, make sure the, uh, the, droid, or the Jawas don't get Greedo's body. I want that body. Yeah, I want that fucking body. And you he, tell him it's property of the bar now. Yeah, and then he like gives him the coin that, that the Han flips out. Uh, when he's like walking out, he's like, sorry about the mess, and he flips the coin. So he gives that to Knacker as a quick payment to make sure he'll get Greedo's body. Meanwhile, he dashes off into the hot Tatooine nights. Oh, I've got I've to find that droid. Oh, that droid. I need that droid. That droid that was purpose-built for my exact situation. <laughs> yep, I need to find that droid that is, doesn't exist normally, but was Frankensteined into existence to fill one purpose, and that purpose is to help me in this instance. <laughs> So he runs off, and unfortunately, he gets back to the same gross, dirty alley, and there is no weird droid to be found. But oh no, there's droid tracks. Oh yes, being dragged through the sand. Jawas must have got him. Fucking Jawas. So he chases after the droid, following the trail of a dragged droid and some Jawa prints through the sand. And wouldn't you know it? About fifty yards away, he finds some Jawas attempting to affix a restraining bolt to a droid. Yeah. And he gives them a good bonking, too. Yep, he gives them a, a thwap on the noggin, and they fall down, and he's Ooh-hee-hee. like, come here, droid, you're my best friend now. And oh, of course, oh, sir. Oh, yeah, the droid is just like, oh, I always knew you would. Oh, the milk of human kindness. <laughs> Which, by the way, I can replicate if you feed me a foot. <laughs> Give me that milk. <laughs> I have nipples, Greg. Can you nil- milk me? <laughs> I can make some milk of human kindness if you feed me some of Derek Jeter's beef in a napkin. <laughs> That's right. Derek Jeter's beef in a napkin. Great for human milk. Now available in Picante. 
Good. <laughs> All right. So he drags this friendly droid back down to his bar, back down to the basement of his bar. And we actually kind of just jump to a denouement sort of sequence here, at which point the droid is already d- deep in his, his underground laboratory with half of Greedo's foot sticking out of his mouth. Well, yeah, I mean, before we get the actual thing, which it's not like there was any chance he wasn't going to grind up fucking Greedo, but he, like, does the whole drop a thing on his tongue and is like, ooh, yes, finally, it smells as nacreous and disgusting as possible, and this is what Jabba wants. Yeah, Jabba wants, just wants fucking gross, nasty shit. He wants Jepson's Malort. <laughs> he wants Carly Ray Jepson's Malort. <laughs> Hey, I just drank you, and this is crazy, but you taste nasty. <laughs> You're Jepson's Malort. That's the song. <laughs> That's the whole song. Uh, but, yeah, so he does that, and he's like, oh, it's perfect. You and me, droid. You and me, we're best of friends now. We're the best, and we're going to get off of this shitty planet, which completes, I think, the, the sex fecta. Uh, that This is the, the la- most recent chapter of a character who's like, and I'm going to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, no I more- was so... So looking forward to a dude that was like, oh, all I want to do is perfect being a bartender and I want to give Jabba this nonsense drink and it'll make me rich. But he had yet to meet a rebellion person and he had yet to decide, oh, I need to get the fuck off this planet. I was like, good, a local dirtbag. Yeah, just some local dirtbag who decides to stay a local dirtbag. Nope. (laughs) Nope. He's got plans to get off world and be a fancy bartender to the stars. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, finally, I'll be a bartender at a pleasure planet. Because what people on those want is definitely ground-up Rodians. Well, pe- what people there want is definitely the ugliest-looking human to serve them drinks. What's up, you foul, sweaty grosso? Well, I've got this drink that tastes like ground-up Rodian. Hey, I've perfected the uh, ability to take a drink that will make you definitely vomit. <laughs> uh, I, I know we're here on this pleasure planet. How would any of you like to drink that while looking at my ugly mug? <laughs> also, it's served in an ugly mug. Here you go. It's a mug that looks like my face, and also I spat in it. <laughs> Comes with a plate of Derek Cheater's beef in a napkin. <laughs> it's a combo meal. <laughs> Derek Cheater's beef in a napkin is served with ranch and celery sticks. <laughs> no one eats the celery sticks ever. No one ever. It's the same celery sticks. They're plastic. No one's noticed. <laughs> They're like dark brown. Why are there these little poop logs on the table? Oh, those are celery sticks. Oh, oh I wasn't okay. planning on eating them anyway, so that's good. <laughs> that's perfect. Thanks for letting me know. I was about to ask for celery sticks and then not eat them. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. If this doesn't come with the celery sticks, I won't eat. <laughs> Hi there. I'm every chicken wings customer ever. Hi. Uh, I came here to get some wings, and uh, I was really hoping I could get a side of things I won't eat. <laughs> I have to go ask. For, I, 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 please hurry. I, I'm late for the barbecue place where I'm going to go get a whole bunch of coleslaw I won't eat. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be great. Thank you so much. All right. So, so yeah, he's he's plan is to become the bartender of the stars because he's wood chipping Greedo into the perfect sauce to make, make gross alcohol to serve to nasty Jabba. Now, when we first started this chapter, like... Woo her, you could kind of have a, I feel sort of bad for you. Like, he grew up on the streets as an orphan, like, I guess literally everyone on Tatooine did. Yeah, he came up on the streets, so he didn't even have the good sense and decency to start a rap game. Right? Yeah. But, like, he is put down upon, and nobody likes him, and apparently in this chapter, humans are second-class citizens, and, yeah. like, droids are the only ones that he can... Uh, kick around, and so even his like racism against droids is mostly just because he has shitty self-esteem. 
So when you first get this chapter, you're like, oh, poor Wooher. By the end of this chapter, he has ground up a Rodian and stuck his head on a pike that he then talks to the head on the pike that's like, fuck you, Greedo, you piece of shit. You insulted me once. You one time were rude to me, and now I ground up your body and I'm going to have Jabba drink it. How do you like that, you fuckstick? And you're like... Whoa, whoa, what the hell happened here? What an asshole. Also, he didn't come around on droids. He came around on a droid. Oh, yeah. No, this this book starts with him being like, oh, this is going to be the tale of, you know, poor Wooher, and then he'll eventually get over his one problem that he has. But no, by the end of it, it's straight Lord of the Flies. He's like, oh, no, now I'm a benevolent lover of droids. Now, you there, droid, live in my basement and do illegal things for me. You, one droid, I need you to be confined to my basement and grind up humans so that I may put them into my beef stew. I almost preferred if he was grinding up humans to Rodians. Yeah, If he just had, like, Obi-Wan in there. (laughs) You know, Obi-Wan did just disappear at the end with his death scene. Maybe he popped up in that basement. Yes, that's what happened. (laughs) That's where he goes. That's what happens to Jedi (laughs) when they get killed and they don't leave a body behind. They pop up in Wooher's basement. (laughs) So, anyway, that's the tale of Woo Her, the bounty hunter, the bartender. The bartender hunter. The the bartender bounty hunter. (laughs) A gross asshole who becomes more gross and more of an asshole throughout, and it doesn't feel like it belongs in the rest of the book. It's so weird. It's such a weird, short, useless story. And it's so by the numbers, where it's like at the beginning, he's like, I hate droids and everything droids represents. Hi there, sir. I'm a useful droid. Who's the exact droid you need? I hates ya. Oh, wait a minute. I needs ya. Now I likes his yes. <laughs> yeah, it's everything in this is like 15 pages, maybe, mm-hmm. and everything is used. They use every part of that buffalo. <laughs> they use every chunk of the Greedo. They use every bit of the Derek Jeter's beef napkin. <laughs> beef in a napkin. <laughs> no, no. Now he has an entire napkin made of beef. There is also beef in it. <laughs> It's a line of beef napkins. Wipe your face with Jer- Derek Jeter's beef. <laughs> yep, Derek Jeter's beef napkins. Put it on your face. <laughs> you got a little oily spot on your face? Wipe it with some of Derek Jeter's beef. Come on. <laughs> Just put it on there. <laughs> Coming up next, A-Rod's pork. <laughs> oh, there you go. That is, that is definitely the story of Woo Her. <laughs> Yeah, anything else you want to say about Woo Her before we close this out? <laughs> Do we, have we recorded enough? Oh, we got like 50 minutes in. Why the fuck not? Oh, okay, then I guess we can t- cover it all in outro. No, this chapter was super short. I mean, I did I did take the time to go look up both pictures of Woo Her and also C2R4, uh, which was worthwhile checking out real quick. Uh, C2R4 is nonsense to look at. Uh, he is basically very well described. For I, I, The other thing is I have no idea why someone drew him. I don't know if there was an annotated version of this that included artist notes or something, but someone drew a picture of him, and he is funky looking. Oh, I would assume so. I honestly couldn't even imagine what he looked like from the description, Mm -hmm. because it basically, when he said it was part protocol and part uh, astromech, but everything he described about it just sounded like an astromech with things dangling off him. Yeah, pretty, that's that's more or less correct. It's the, it's the face part of him that's gross, where he's got the little grinder face. Yeah, he's got them big old teeth. Yeah, that part's creepy. But anyway, no, I don't really think there's much else to add. This chapter was super short and super to the point. Uh, I'm very eager to get to whatever the hell is next, and I genuinely do not remember what that is. Well, uh, we will be back in another week with more of that, but... Oh, it's Night Lily, the lover's tale. 
Oh, good. I don't know what any of that means. And uh, it's by Barbara Hambly, which is good because she wrote one of the worst books in Star Wars, which uh, I've been meaning to inflict on you for quite a while, called Planet of Twilight. It's the book that comes right before uh, Crystal Star. Oh, good. Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah. I'm sure you will look forward to hating that book. It's the one with the Hut Jedi. Oh, fabulous. That's all I want. All I want is dumb bullshit. (laughs) Oh, and a sentient disease is the bad guy. Yes. Good shit, man. Let me tell you about that good shit. So uh, we're going to take off, but we are going to make bonus content. That is correct. Even though I am so tired. And I am so sick. We're going to do it anyway for you because we are contractually obligated to by the bounds of our Patreon. Yep. So we are going to. Oh, I mean, because we love it. Yeah, we love it so much. (laughs) We are going to go dive into Wikipedia on stuff that. I'm going to tell you, I've already know what I'm doing. It is so very loosely based on what we have read today. I'm not even trying. This chapter had nothing in it that wasn't going to be self-referential to this chapter. If you look up alcohol, it's going to just have a section on what Wooher was all about. Plus, we already did the best drinks of Star Wars. Yep. Uh, if you look up C2R4, it just mentions that he was in this chapter. There's really not much to it. No. So I decided to just go off the reservation entirely. Yep. So we are going to have some very weird stories for you on the bonus content Mm -hmm. where we will uh, tell each other what we have found in the wide world of Star Wars. Also, we're going to talk about our dreams and hopes. Eh, Probably not. Mm, Yeah. I never talk about my dreams or hopes. I mean, we're going to while off into the sunset just discussing everything and nothing. (laughs) Yeah, we're like Seinfeld. (laughs) (laughs) Taking my romantic comedy beats and turning them into Seinfeld. Fuck you. Ah. All right. Well, so yeah, we're going to do that. So if you want to listen to that and you are not already a patron on our Patreon, then you can just go to patreon.com slash system mastery. If you support us at the $2 level, then you unlock all of the bonus content every week for Expounded Universe as well as the bonus content for System Mastery. And our new show, I Remember Stuff. Yeah, I remember stuff. It's the show that happens whenever Jeff and I get together and we talk for any length of time. That's the show. (laughs) It's the whole show. Honestly, I think we could probably sell that. That's like 90% of regular podcasts. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I could show up as a podcast and be like, hey, man, I was at Disneyland. Do you remember Disneyland? Like, if you're friends with, like, Paul Shearer or Chris Hardwick, you could do an entire show that's like, uh, we decided to watch episode by episode Salute Your Shorts and review that episode of Salute Your Shorts. Yeah, you and it's could. fine. You could totally do that, and the show would be called "Salute Your Podcast," and it would be fine. <laughs> Podcast your shorts. <laughs> God damn it! Now someone's going to make podcast your shorts, and we're not going to get a piece of it. Oh no! Give me that good, sweet founders fee. <laughs> so, please do go to patreon.com slash systemmaster to support us at the two dollar level and get that sweet bonus content. Oh yeah, and of course you can go to our website, systemmasterypodcast.com. Check out all of our shows that we do. And uh, if you want to contact us, you don't. Can, yeah, just don't. If you, but if you don't want to contact us, then do. Yeah. That's the way it works. <laughs> if you want to contact us, you can do it at systemmastery at gmail.com. Or uh, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff, System Mastery on those, and the subreddit r slash System Mastery. Yeah, and if you and I slurred that like I was drunk, but it's mostly because I'm sick, so it's not shish mastery. <laughs> it's definitely not the judicial system. 
No, definitely not. Yeah. And if you're a proponent of that System Mastery self-help seminar series in Arkansas, but you keep emailing us because you think their email is our email, you're a dipshit. Knock it off. Stab it. Stab it. Their email definitely isn't systemmastery at gmail.com. They told you what their email was in the email that they sent to you, you dummy. You dummy. Quit you sending me emails. stupid, stupid person. <laughs> the worst. All right. All right. So thank you so much. We'll be back in another week with some more Expounded Universe. But until such time as then, I'm going to go die because I'm Elaine Sleaze Bagano and I love Deef Stacks. <laughs> Deef Stacks? What is this? Just Land of the Lost? Yeah, I like Deef Stacks. <laughs> <laughs>